0: Where speakers share tips from the road to make the platform explode, this is the Key 5 Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson.
1: Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast, for speakers, by speakers. For show notes and to get free stuff, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Stephanie McDilda, a heart-based leadership coach who, after losing her husband in 2010, says she came to the realization that her life's work was about loving herself unconditionally and then teaching others to do the same. Let's get started. So, Stephanie, give us a one-sentence descriptor of what you speak about.
0: Well, Robert, thanks for asking. I actually speak about um, heart-based leadership, as you mentioned. And so my one sentence would be to say, I help leaders improve their productivity and their employee engagement while reducing turnover and absenteeism by helping them to learn to develop relationships from the heart.
1: Fabulous. So your key focus is working with organizations with uh, to help their employees.
0: Pretty much, yes.
1: Okay, that's excellent. How did you get started in the the speaking business?
0: Well, um, believe it or not, Robert, it was by accident. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's, uh, you know, many, many years ago, I was trying to get into human resources. You know, when I came out of college, I thought I'll do human resources. And I could not get into human resources at the time. And I remember um, my manager saying to me, I don't have anything in human resources, but I do have a position for a training manager trainee, and I wrinkled up my nose like, ick, you know, <laughs> and, but I was, I was doing some work I really didn't like doing, so I accepted it, and it turned out to be the perfect, um, I didn't know it at the time, but it was the perfect position for me because I love speaking and I love teaching, and I'm a natural teacher and, and whatever. So I actually have spent a little bit over 30 years in the um, corporate arena doing um, being both a leader and a leadership development specialist. So I have had teams where I was the leader, but also teaching training programs from that. And I've, I've done that for so many years, and at some point I just decided that I'd rather be speaking than just about anything else, and so I was uh, back in 2010, right or no, 2008, I guess, right before my husband passed away. I was laid off, and I thought I'm gonna we just kind of go for it and see what you know see what happens. And so ever since then, I have been kind of in the realm of speaking for like conferences. I do do a seminar, a corporate seminar, but. I really enjoy doing the, the keynote speaking and the breakout speaking at conferences.
1: Fabulous. I, I, I sense that for many speakers, there's also this innate desire for training and educating that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. So there's a similarity there. Mm-hmm. And so a, as a professional speaker, I often highlight you know, all the good things that we're doing. And yet, I think we learn maybe more from the mistakes we've made. Any uh, mis- big mistakes that you made that you could share with us and what you learned from them?
0: well (laughs) it's almost embarrassing to admit i probably have more than i'd like to tell you about but um, when i heard that question one thing really came to mind and this was back during my training days Um, i had an invitation i was there was a company i was working with and they had a um, a group out near dallas texas and the manager called me and he said i need you to come out and i need you to teach like a one-day customer service refresher training because we're having customer service issues and I just need to do this refresher training. And I took him at his word and I had a, it was actually a three-day class and we kind of pared it down to one day and I was going to do it 13 times, came out to the Dallas area. And the first day when people started, I did it in a hotel facility and people started coming into the room and I could tell at that point in time, that they were just disgruntled, and you know they didn't appear to be happy to be there. <laughs> in fact, um, they were so rude; it was almost childish. But they were. One guy came in. You know, when you go into like a hotel situation, and they have like circular tables, mm-hmm. and he sat down at the table with his back facing me, and I thought, okay, this is going to be good. You know? <laughs> and and um, so I started with going around the room and having people. Introduce you know themselves and say why they're here. That was a mistake <laughs> because I, you know they were saying like uh, one guy said um, my name is Fred so and so and I work in so and so and why am I here? I haven't the faintest idea <laughs> you know. And they were pretty much all like that and and they would do little things like I remember one time at one point I asked them to do an exercise and I explained the exercise that they were going to be doing together at their tables you know whatever and i said no does anyone have any questions does everyone understand And yes everybody understood and i said okay i'm going to give you 20 minutes for this exercise and as soon as i said go everybody stood up and walked out of the room (laughs) oh dear (laughs) so and but what happened eventually um right around lunchtime robert i'll tell you that i didn't i was not having fun and i said to them you know I don't know about you guys but I'm not having fun so let's talk about what's going on and what happened was that uh, they did not feel that they were the problem at all in fact they had a very antiquated phone system and they had been requesting for over a year they've been requesting a new phone system and um, they all felt very deeply that they were great customer service people but it was very difficult to serve the customers while they were, you know,
1: mm.
0: you know, while they were having this terrible phone system. And so the big mistake that I think I made, Robert, was to take them at their word that what they needed was customer service training without investigating a little bit more deeply as to what was going on, what had they already tried, you know, that kind of thing. And that was a big mistake.
1: Well, I appreciate you sharing that. It sounds like you were doing some live consulting with the people to discover what the real problem was, which is uh, you were adding value even after the fact. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So, Stephanie, as you have an event coming up and you know you have a a presentation, what is it you do then to prepare, and you've learned from that uh, time, what do you actually do then to prepare for an upcoming speech?
0: Well, Robert, part of it is I think – at the time that i get that engagement is to find out who's going to be in the room um what are their expectations what are they looking for you know part uh, based leadership is a very new term and so you know usually the person who's calling me i'm asking them you know what is it what are your expectations what do you think you're going to get from this and um sometimes i'll even ask are there two or three people that you know that are going to be there that i could speak to? So sometimes I'll just have a brief conversation with people who are planning to attend, you know, and ask them, when you think about heart-based leadership, what questions come to your mind so that they will go ahead and, you know, if they tell me questions, I'll go ahead and answer that within my speech already and, um, and make sure that I'm covering the things they're interested in. And then, you know, so I do a, a little amount, a small amount of customizing for what their needs are and what the organization you know i do a little bit of online research so if it turns out that they've had you know a big award recently or a layoff or you know whatever then i'm sensitive to that and you know if something's positive like an award i can mention it so i do you know a lot of that type of prep up front and then for me just you know practicing i i um, usually so my the core presentation I know very well Mm -hmm. but you know in order to make sure that that what I've added and changed kind of fits and flows smoothly I really do about a week ahead of time well a couple weeks ahead of time I'll start doing it once or twice a week and then the week before I'll actually practice it you know I've got two cats who are good listeners (laughs) and I actually speak it out loud and practice it um but you know another part of that for me too Robert is that I don't have a written speech and I do have some notes that are like bullet points, but I never try to like memorize a speech. I just want to make sure I know where I'm going next. And then I, you know, I've practiced till I feel comfortable.
1: Sounds like you speak from the heart.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Stephanie, what are you doing then to promote your speaking business? Sounds like you've got some neat things happening. What are you doing to oh. promote it?
0: I, you know, I think I, I do, Robert. And um, you know, funny thing is there are days when I would tell you I don't have enough, I'm not doing enough to promote it. <laughs> and probably I bet all the speakers said that, do you? Um, one of the things that I, you know, one of the things I do to promote my business is speaking. And um, so, you know, I always, you know, I love to have referral business. And so I try to get out and be speaking a year or two ago when I was really sort of starting, I did a lot of free speaking, you know, so that people would know who I was, maybe refer me or call me for another event. Um, I'm pretty active on social media. So if I've got something up, you know, coming up, I'll I'll post about that. I actually talk about um, heart-based, I have a heart-based leadership um, Facebook page, and so I, I'm pretty active on that pretty active on LinkedIn. And um, I also have a newsletter. And then I'm also, um, some of your listeners may be familiar with Thumbtack. It's uh, Mm thumbtack.com. And so, you know, I've I've got a profile on Thumbtack. And at least once a day, I sit down and see if there's anything that would be good for me and send out a proposal. And um, I'm also looking at where I might find my uh, the, the core audience that I'm looking for, for example, uh, SHRM, the Society of Human Resource Managers, mm-hmm. seemed as a good source to me. And so, what I did, I tried to find out when they book. And the truth is, if any of your listeners are thinking of talking to SHRM, around, about the September October time frame, they change officers, mm-hmm. and the new the new person starts looking for um, speakers once a month for the coming year so september october time frame is a good time and what i did was i basically got a contact list for all the north carolina sherm chapters and sent out an introductory email and said you know when can i contact you so those are some of the things i do and like i said sometimes i feel like i probably should be doing more
1: <laughs> that works well, good for you, and I think that's uh, uh, some great advice that you, you're passing along. As we wrap up here, St- uh, Stephanie, what would you have one sort of key recommendation or tip that you could share with other speakers?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, there's a lot that I, you know, I, I know that you're speaking um, in this particular podcast series with speakers, and so people have, have um, given you a lot of suggestions. And I want to give you one that maybe a lot of people would not have thought of. And that is, as a professional speaker, to be aware of your time, the restraints, and, and whatever. There is nothing, to me, that makes me crazier than you know. You have you've got thirty minutes, and you know the next thing you know, the speaker is speaking for forty or forty-five or whatever. And I actually think that it is a lack of professionalism. So if you are if you are a professional speaker, and the funny thing is that. So first off, I know how long my presentation is, and I know, you know, basically that if you say I get to speak for 30 minutes, I speak for 30 minutes and I sit down and shut up. And and so, you know, but um, the other thing is if you're speaking with a group, and I had this happen one time where they told me that they wanted me to speak for an hour, and I came prepared to speak for an hour, and before I was able, before I got up, there was a uh, sponsor for the event. And they told him he had five minutes, and he spoke for 20. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the whole time I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to you know re- remain composed, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, time for you to sit down and shut up because it's, you're speaking on my time. And so uh, instead of an hour, it turned out when I stood up, because, you know, a lot of these they put me on last, and at 1 o'clock the meeting's over, mm-hmm. and people need to go back to work so I just can't do my hour and and go over for 15 minutes. So I knew, you know, that I would have to adjust and make my one hour presentation now a 45 minute presentation. And I'm very good at doing that. And I would recommend to your listeners to look at what they've got in their presentation. Maybe it's a story, maybe it's a, you know, brief activity or something. Look at what you need and what you can kind of ditch in the last minute. But, um, I think there is nothing more important than reflecting your professionalism by um, being on time and ending on time.
1: I'm with you hundred percent as John Maxwell. I remember he said one time he was supposed to speak for an hour, but after a very long day and everybody was clearly tired, he says he stood up and he knew that nobody wanted to listen to him after they gave a long introduction. He just said, leadership is influence, Nothing more, nothing less. Have a nice day.
0: Wow. I don't know if the meeting planners were thrilled to pay him his 10000 or twenty thousand. But
1: well, he had a standing ovation, he said, so <laughs> it worked for him.
0: I guess, so. it, I guess it was um, positive then. <laughs> but I do think it's, you know, this whole starting, and no matter, you know, like I said, if, if they've given you an hour, but somebody takes part of your time, you know, you've got to be able to adjust. So if they tell you that the meeting is over at 1 and you're speaking from 12 to 1, You stop at one, you don't, you know, you don't go over. And um, I think it reflects on your professionalism.
1: Absolutely. Stephanie, this has been great. I want to just thank you very much. And as we like to say to our speakers, we'll see you on the stage.
0: Thank you, Robert. I enjoyed it.
1: Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about what to do when your speaking time is suddenly shortened
2: for whatever reason. Professional speakers must abide by one simple creed when it comes to time. Don't ever, ever run over. But what do you do when the prior speakers do run over, or the host changes your time slot, or the introduction and administrivia eats into your delivery time? The short answer is just that. You have to give a shorter speech. But what do you cut? Well, start with details. You can give the 30-second version of your story, For the three-minute version, when time is in short supply, the details must go. You can also cut rhetorical questions, or even Q&A, or perhaps even a few examples entirely. What you should not cut is your call to action or the big close that you have prepared. Make sure the core message is clear and received by the audience. But also make sure it's delivered before time expires. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute.
1: Thanks, Alan. We know that time is precious. That's why these podcasts are short and succinct, because we respect your time. On our next K 5 Podcast, I'll be interviewing Graham Newell, a researcher, speaker, and author who guides businesses in finding and implementing their authentic purpose. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving away a book. So go to keyfipodcast.com today. Thanks for listening.
0: This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to keyfipodcast.com.